Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. Thank you so much for joining me or thank you for returning. I'm glad to have all you guys here. I am excited. We are fully into spring and uh, springtime is always a popular time for real estate. So you always hear spring and summer are really good months to um, or seasons to buy, sell property. Um, and property is popping. I don't know where you're listening from right now, but of course you guys know I'm in the Atlanta area and we are fully in, we've been in real estate season here for since a little bit before spring, but sure. yeah, we're <laughs> definitely into real estate season now. So today I have a wonderful guest. I'm so happy I have a wonderful guest here. I'd like to welcome, well, maybe let me give you a little background before I say who I have here. She has um, her real estate license in two states right now. She is licensed in the state of Georgia and the state of Florida. She has over seven years of real estate experience. She is also going to be opening her own brokerage firm shortly. So um, give us a couple more months and she'll be ready to roll that out. She has written two books. So I'm really excited about the two books. I'll share the links so you guys can make um, purchase her books. Uh, the first one, I love the name of this book, is called Pretty Girls Own Property. I think that is an adorable name. I love that name of that book. So we have Pretty Girls Own Property. And um, her second book is 30 Days to Home Buy It. 30 Days to Home Buyer's Guide. To a Home Buyer's Guide? Uh, it's prepare for prepare. Oh. Prepare no, for <laughs> prepare no, the name. for your property home buying success. Yes. 30 Days to Home Buyer's Guide. Okay. Um, so yes, she's got a lot of experience. She's got resources. She's here today. Her name is Andrea Morgan, and she is going to be my guest. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. And uh, so that was a short intro. I like to give people their own opportunity to share what they'd like to share about themselves. If you want to do anything personal, more business, whatever you'd like. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. I definitely appreciate the invitation. Um, as you said, I've been a realtor for seven years now in two states. Um, it's been a great experience for me. Real estate education is really important to me, making sure people are properly prepared for the process. So that's why I wrote the books. I come from a project management background. So having you know, processes in place, documentation in place is what I'm used to. And so I wanted to bring that into real estate as well. I focus a lot on working with women as a woman. Um, of course, I have encountered times when we were not as well represented or as well prepared as we could have been. And so I want to make sure that going forward, I do what I can to make sure that we have what we need in order to get the things that we want. Good. Excellent. I like that. Again, I'm not going to get past the name of this book, Pretty Girls Own Property. <laughs> I'm just sold on that. So the fact that you focus on women, that's great. I don't know what the industry is. I think there's there's several, I guess, female real estate agents, I would guess. But in the financial world overall, it mm -hmm. still tends to be more male dominated. So. Interestingly, there are more women real estate agents um, just, you know, in terms of numbers, mm -hmm. in terms of African-American women, of course, that number is a lot smaller. I think overall, probably there's less than 5% of realtors who are African-American. So if you cut that in half, we're right around 2 3% of realtors in the country. In places like Atlanta and Miami, of course, we tend to be a little 
more visible because mm-hmm. there are, you know, there's such a large African-American community. Um, but in other places, you might not run into as many African-American realtors and especially African-American women. And so it's important to me, of course, to be a good representative for the industry, for African-American women, for my grandmother. <laughs> um, you know, my book is the dedication in my book is dedicated to women in my life, my mom, my grandmother, uh, my sorority. The front of the book is pink and green. So um, because it it has been very impactful to me to have solid relationships with women, with girlfriends, sorority sisters, sisters, because we, you know, we help each other and um, we build communities in that way. And so Pretty Girls on Property is, is a cute name and it's catchy, but it's also very meaningful to me because it's important to recognize, I think, the support that we have for each other and should have for each other. Right. Well, I appreciate you coming. Really, truly, I do. My full disclosure, I took the real estate licensing course before, Uh (laughs) along with the hundreds of courses I've taken. I never got licensed, (laughs) but I did take the full course where I was eligible to test for the license in Illinois. Me and my cousin Kelly uh, Mitchell and Michonne in Evanston, Illinois. Shout out to my cousin Kelly. But uh, yeah, we both took the test. We were just always interested in real estate. I've been interested Mm -hmm. in it for a long time. Um, I probably could be a real estate agent pretty easily, especially because I'm used to reading contracts now Uh for all these years and a little bit of negotiation. But I always like just seeing the houses. I had a friend who was a real estate agent in Vegas, Mm -hmm. and I used to do her showings for her. Okay. Just because I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed showing houses to people. But anyway, neither here nor there. I am going to have fun having this discussion. So I was thinking, let's start with just standard residential purchases. Um, Again, we're here in Atlanta, so we're going to speak a little bit specific to Atlanta because we're going to talk about what we're seeing here. I know you all are listening from all over the place. Your markets may be a little different. Laws could be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But as far as at least the United States, I think overall, many cities are experiencing um, similar Characteristics. I don't even know what to call it. Similar market conditions. <laughs> market conditions. Yeah. Okay, good word. So I'm um, in, on Facebook. Of course, there's a group for everything: dog lovers, cat lovers, and of course, there are real estate groups as well. So different realtors from um, like I'm in a women's real estate group. I'm in a South Florida real estate group. At any rate, all of these groups, we all say the same thing: there's nothing available. Somebody sell me your house because <laughs> my buyer needs to buy a house. So inventory is really, really low now, you know, for a couple of reasons. Um, Over the past few years, not as many housing units have been built for many reasons, labor shortages. Then we had COVID-19. We got lumber issues. We had lumber issues. So, you know, we couldn't get the supplies. And that, you know, has a a trickle-down long-term effect. So on Tuesday, I can't get lumber. Okay, not a big deal. But that means that the things that I was planning to do on Wednesday can't get done because I didn't have the lumber on Tuesday. Well, now that's pushing me into Thursday, now going into next week. So you multiply that times a thousand, Mm -hmm. you know, it definitely has an impact on what's available from an inventory perspective. We've also had a very very generous uh, and lenient interest rate happening for For the past time. What are we in two or three years now? Yeah. Because it was low when I bought my last property, and that was in 2016. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, let's say for the past five years, interest rates have been under 5%. 
sometimes down to 2.93%. Mm-hmm. And so money is cheap. That's when you should buy, right? And so we have all of these buyers now who are qualified to buy property, but we don't have anything to sell them. And so when something does go on sale, there's so much competition, mm-hmm. it increases the price. Something that would normally sell for $250,000, for example, now is selling for $275,000, $280,000. Like it's truly an auction situation sometimes. And we are finding that buyers want to win. Like they don't necessarily care what the house is worth. They just want to buy a house. And you get, I think you get buyer's fatigue because I personally have been through this. If I was, well, when I bought this house, it was the start of what's happening. So it was the end of 2016. My major competition was not actually other residential buyers. They were more investors here in Mm -hmm. Atlanta. So, um, you know, it was a lot of investors, 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 and that's who I was competing with. It wasn't a lot of individuals, but uh, I guess this is my third time I've been through this. Yeah, I've been through this three times now. Mm-hmm. So I went through it in Vegas, mm-hmm. and then I went through it in Illinois when I bought a house. So uh-huh. I, I went through it in Vegas. I went through it in Illinois. I went through it in Georgia. I've been through this same scenario three yeah. times, and... All three times at some point, I hit buyer's fatigue. I'm tired of even looking at houses. I'm tired of running. Oh, this one listed at 12 noon. If we're not there by 5 p.m., they're already going to have offers and how much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so you do get buyer's fatigue. Now, because I've been through this three times and I've, I've, you know, and I've been an agent, so I've seen property values go up and down a million times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I tell people, If you don't have to buy right now to get away from buyer's fatigue, to get away with the away from the frustration of, I mean, you you just said it. People want to win, so they subconsciously start feeling like losers, and not loser, loser, but loser. Like I keep losing out on the bids. Correct. Um, You know, I tell some people, I talk to people, I'm like, if you can wait, go ahead and wait a little while. If you're not about to be homeless, you're not being kicked out. Your house wasn't bought by another investor and they're not renewing your lease or something. Um, if you can wait, maybe just wait. You know, I don't know. I, I have no predictions on interest rates. I don't know what, you know, they keep talking about they need to go up. And we know they need to go up because they need to balance out the economy. But yeah. when they'll go up, how much? I have no idea. But, you know, to get away with, get away from buyer's fatigue or overpaying for the house, this is a financial podcast. So. Yeah, I never res- necessarily want to recommend people pay more than what it's worth. Like, so and that's a good point. So part of the counseling that I do on the buyer side, especially in this market, if you are approved for three hundred thousand dollars, let's say, it's not a good idea for you to spend two hundred and ninety nine or three twenty mm-hmm. because where's the rest of this money going to come from? So you have to be mindful of your budget because that, you know, the amount of money you pay, a percentage of that is your down payment, a percentage of that is for taxes. So the more you pay, the higher that percentage is going to go. Mm -hmm. So you need to be mindful of that. Um, With regard to waiting, again, nobody has a crystal ball, so we don't know when interest rates are going to change. They're going to go up. I don't imagine that they're going to go from 4 to 12. Right. So, you know, you, you have some a little bit of wiggle room in there, but it's it's challenging 
when people have decided, you know, now is the time I want to buy a house. And then we go out and there are no houses. I have one couple, sweet as they can be, graduated from West Georgia, a new little baby. And I know I have written for them in the past six months four offers. We 